but we love hot takes so it's yeah, okay. hot take <clears throat> okay we're streaming so Neat. we're steaming yeah, we're streaming. unfortunately for the audience wait what That's year funny. is it i don't Nobody know knows. i don't know it's 2015 some, do we even have anybody on this is anybody no. listening live right now because no, uh, 2015 i have 17 people watching live right now it's, wow. it's 2020 <laughs> season three now it's 18 that's dedicated double the number of hosts that we have uh, that's, <laughs> that's actually what i go for wait that's wait is none of the hosts no, no one watch if you're a host because that messes with the numbers it confuses yeah. everyone oh, <laughs> dude it's down to oh, four now are we included in that I have. I okay, have. Okay, so then we have seven people watching. <laughs> All right, we have seven people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a January second edition of BHIS talking about news and an episode that honestly should not be happening. Um, so wanted to take a few moments and thank the seven people who are listening and watching this. Uh, my son is currently playing Minecraft upstairs streaming, and he has more viewers than we do at this moment. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Uh, we have we have a number of people here. Let's just let's just jump right into it. Let's see what. Let's go into the grab bag of stories, everybody, and let's see what story we should talk about. Um, oh God, LastPass. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Again? If, yeah. This so, won't be the last story still, on them, I'll tell you that. Still, this is, this is the story that keeps on giving. They really should use GUIDs for these blogs because they're going to run out of dates eventually. Yeah. I honestly don't know yeah. when they were first breached because it's just too many articles. Are we sure it's not still the same breaches before? <laughs> yeah. They keep, that's actually, keep running the same article. articles. Yeah. So pretty much they're in the breach though. loop. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. So, okay. So here's my thing about this. Okay. So if we go through the fact that they were breached, I don't know how much I care that they were breached because companies get breached all the time. That's not news. I mean, yes. we make it news. I mean, we literally have a section called whales breaching, um, but <laughs> we talk about it, you know, for the clicks. But if we're looking at this from the perspective of what do you do as an organization? Um, I want to back up and cover a couple of salient things. One it appears like the attackers got everything, but it was encrypted. So all the customer data they had access to, but it was the encrypted data, which you would say, okay, well, that sucks, but it's good. It's encrypted. Hold on. Just pump the brakes for a second. Um, because as much as people are like, well, it's using you know world-class AES encryption, we should take a couple of moments and we should let people know that AES has a number of different modes it can run in. One of the main Ooh. modes that's utilized is something called chaining block mode, where each block, as it's a block cipher, if you wish to know more, go ahead and study for your CISSP. Um, but it's, it. a, it's a block cipher where each block becomes the key for the next block. That's good, right? That's that's interesting. With the, with the key and the rounds of XORing and randomizing and all that stuff, it makes it so you can have the exact same stuff encrypted and it will all look different in ciphertext. That is not what LastPass chose to do. LastPass basically read a book on how not to implement AES and was like, let's totally implement it that way. Specifically, they used a mode called electronic codebook mode. And what electronic codebook mode is, and if, if, if you're if you're Josh Wright, electronic cookbook mode, which by Ooh, the way, Josh, ECB. I want to make it damn clear. 
I still think that sounds better. Mm -hmm. um, if you're they, using they electronic code book mode, it means that every block that is encrypted is encrypted using the same key. Now, the keys are all different based on every customer, and that's good. But this means that if you have two passwords that are the exact same password, it means that their ciphertext is going to be the same. So that means if you have a web, if you have your LastPass database and there's 46 sites and 10 of them are using the same password, you can see that inside of LastPass and you can focus on brute forcing those particular accounts. Now, the question that I want to open up to the people that are listening um, and for everyone that's here is what the hell do we do about this? Because there are so many organizations that use LastPass. And before we answer, let's take into account for personal use, you can switch over, you can convert. For enterprise use, it's a lot more complicated. So I'm going to kick it over to Noah first because he's up on the screen. Noah, what, what's your take on, on this? Is it like, so, burn LastPass, we should all run from it screaming? Or is um, it like, yeah. No, actually, I, I was going to have a little bit of different take on it, which is that if you're actually using LastPass as a product, um, even the fact that you're using the electronic codebook, which is not an ideal form of AES implementation by any means, LastPass's product is sitting, it will tell you that you're reusing passwords and it will scream at you from the rooftop saying, please do not use the same password for everything. And so if you're going to get mad at LastPass, but you're really worried about the electronic codebook aspect of it and the fact that it shows that you can see where passwords are being reused, you weren't using LastPass as LastPass intended you to use it anyhow. Okay. There's, I think that's a good take because I have that. I have websites that I reuse the same password for because I don't care. Sure. Um, and I know that that's a, that's a, that's a crappy take, right? Yeah. But if I have to type it into my phone and LastPass auto generates a password that's 97 characters long for me, and it's all these, it's just it's hard for me to remember it. Um, well, and honestly, yeah. the the passwords that I'm more likely to reuse are going to be honestly like Hulu, Netflix, things you have to type in on a TV remote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like somebody breaks into my Netflix account. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Well, as John we is heard, watching. Netflix John is, is going to come down on you. They're and, gonna come and, down on yeah. you. They're You're sharing your password with 300 yes. individuals. <laughs> You're sharing your <laughs> no, password no, no, no. with Thailand. <laughs> We're, all We're gonna charge you. We're gonna They're charge you a subscription fee now of $300 per person. <laughs> oh god, that's coming. That's a whole other thing we need to talk about. BSD, you're up next. Go for it. Thoughts? Uh I honestly, if I was that company, I would just start looking for different solutions ASAP. Like Okay, okay. I mean, I'm gonna probably ask put something. What do we got? He's got some. Yeah. So just in general. So for example, if I'm, if I, like, if I'm an enterprise, of course, personal is a lot easier, but if I'm, if I'm an enterprise, I mean, I'm not going to just sit around and just keep using LastPass and wait for the next breach. Um, I would probably get my team together and just say, all right, look, let's see what other products are actually out there. I know it can happen in any company. It can happen with any software in general, but, it's no, it doesn't make sense to just stick with, um, keep sticking with LastPass and these types of breaches just keep happening. So that my take on it would be just to look for um, some software, put it in a testing lab and see how, what are the, what are the, the pros and cons for each one. So you're saying at least start again, the process, right? Like you should start, yes. you should be looking at alternative options. And for some yes. companies, like, I don't know, hypothetically, if you have thousands of websites that you're sharing across dozens of people, that's not easy, right? But you should be looking no. into other solutions, right? Okay. Right. Get a team together and start the process. Sounds good. All right. Bronwyn. 
You remember the scene from Hackers, Too Many Secrets? It's beginning to oh. feel a lot like that. It's like, it, there's so many breaches. There's so many. And, and okay, yes, it was encrypted. No, it wasn't encrypted the best possible way. But even if it had been encrypted in a much more um, responsible and reliable place. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's Louis. He's sleeping. Um, the problem is that our ability to crack things and brute force them is also getting better. And the, okay. so it's, it's, it's almost like, why get upset at LastPass? Yes, we want people to use password managers. None of them is going to be perfect. And okay. So I, I think that that brings up an interesting point, right? So if you're looking at using something like LastPass and the attackers get access to it, at some point, like the attackers can inject malware that's scraping memory. Like there's always a way, right? Like it, it, let's say some people, some of the people are saying, and there are, there are people that are saying, well, it, password managers where it's all stored locally on your system are better. Okay. Well, now I run into an issue or if my system crashes, how do I back that up? How do I gain access to it? What if the attackers get access to the source code for the plugin and can actually inject and then take over the plugins? I think that your, your point of there is always an exploit scenario, regardless of whatever tool or application that you're using, is a very valid one. Um, yeah. But it's also an infinitely elastic one. You can basically become like nihilist where everything is broken everywhere. And you're just like, shit, we're just going to choose something and go with it. Well, it's um, what do we do all the time in, in security, cybersecurity? We always have to determine what is acceptable risk. And yeah, there, there, there has mean, to be a balance between yeah. the convenience and the security of it. Yeah. So, so absolutely using a password manager is going to be superior to using the same password 50 dozen times. Using a password manager, some are going to be better than others. It's like antivirus. Some are going to be better than others. Um, EDR. Some are going to be better than others. So, yep. you know, it, it's oh. a matter of determining what is the best fit for you, for your organization, for your way of operating, and then finding that solution and implementing it. And if it turns out in time that something doesn't fit, explore options and move on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a good take. All right. Who else do we have? Hayden, you're up. If you asked me like two years ago, I would have told you that they're all the same. Like all the password managers, whether you're using Apple's built-in stuff or LastPass or 1Password. And I just picked 1Password because I knew someone who used it and they said it was okay. But I think now at this point, it's it's come down to like a balance between security and convenience. Having like cloud-synced vaults are great because if you change phones, you lose a phone or you want to share a password with someone else in a more secure way than just like texting it, um, that's really convenient. But then again, you run that risk of that company doing something stupid or not doing something properly. And so you can self-host it and give up some convenience. And, you know, there's different ways to do that where, you know, if your PC dies, you can have a backup of that vault on like a flash drive somewhere. Uh, I've tried that route, but it's only as up to date as you keep it. Um, I don't know. I'm conflicted, but 
I, for myself, I've seen LastPass not do great recently. So my uh, faith in them is poor. So I, I would honestly prefer whatever vendor is not them at this point. You know, if I can, if I can jump in with it, because I've heard a bunch You're of... Next. Oh, excellent! You did it. Me, I did it. Um, So no, what I've heard across everyone that said something is you have to understand the tool that you're using, right? And that's that's what I think it really comes down to. I don't think it's a LastPass thing or a one password thing or whatnot. Like if I if I say here is a chainsaw, and it can do unlimited amounts of damage in the wrong hands, or it can clear a road and, and make the road safer or uh, fell limbs that might fall on a house and make the house safer, all that good stuff. You need to understand what happens when something that you are trusting goes wrong. And I actually jumped in my counter because I, I keep this in here as an example for lectures. Nice. That's a little password right. keeper, right? This, yeah. this has no passwords in it, by the way, I just have it as a prop, but the reason I say that is this is no different than the software tools, period. And I will die on that hill because if I'm going to put passwords in here or LastPass or 1Password, I need to understand how would someone get to this? And am I comfortable with the idea that in the LastPass case, I don't know how they're encrypting things until something bad happens. The question they should be asking themselves is, if this book gets stolen, how would it get stolen? If LastPass gets broken into how would I reset all my passwords or be made aware of it? And mm-hmm. then that is universal across anything. If you think in those aspects, this is just a tool to deliver a need. And then if that tool fails, how do I recover? It doesn't matter what vendor you see. And that's, and I, and I think that you get more and more to that point, the more gray and white hairs you get, right? <laughs> what are you saying, um, John? So I've got this weird analogy and it's just something that happened this morning. And I talked it over with CJ, the CEO of Black Hills Information Security. We had this weird thing where a customer was like, what is Black Hills Information Security against like their, their policy against slavery? And I'm like, we're against it. Like it's bad, right? Like, do we need that? And like, well, you should really have a policy to make sure that you're, you're adequately no, working I know what with companies about. that are against slavery and on, on the safe on, on the surface of it, you're like, that's a really good idea. But then if you start peeling it back, you're like, wait a minute, this makes no sense. And the reason why it makes no sense is because do you have an iPhone? It is manufactured in a building that they have nets to stop people from jumping off the top of the building and killing themselves. It's it's produced inside of a factory that with new COVID outbreak with armed guards are keeping people in that building. So the phone, they have a policy, John, they have a policy, policy, right? (laughs) Do you wear shoes? You know, uh, you know, I I love Patagonia as a company and Yvonne Mm -hmm. has basically, they don't sell shoes at Patagonia because he said, it's absolutely impossible to ethically source shoes. As soon as you go down to shoes or a lot of clothing that's manufactured in sweatshops and stuff, it's horrible. And I'm using this as an example because if you seriously start peeling at this, it just gets crappier and crappier. And we've done enough security work for enough very large companies that, you know, we're looking at the last pass thing. People are like, oh, well, they're stupid. They got hacked by a spearfish. It's like, eh, yeah, um, that's every company. Oh, they have insecure software. Great. Let's have a conversation about Oracle. Let's have a conversation about Microsoft. Let's have a conversation about Google. Let's have a conversation about Firefox. Let's co- have a conversation about all of these different companies 
And you can find examples where they've done horrifically dumb things and you get jaded as you get older. You're just like, at some point you see people that are new to the industry and they're like, change everything everywhere. F this company. We're not going to use it. And I saw that with Microsoft and I saw that with Oracle and I saw that, you know, just with company <laughs> yeah. after company. And I'm just like, am I too jaded at this point? Like, cause this, this looks bad. I'm going to agree with BSD. Like, like seriously, <laughs> when you look at the mistakes that were made here, you're like, did they even read a crypto book? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it looks bad, right? So yeah, I don't it know. Does. So, all right, um, go ahead. All right. So here's my take run, run from last pass and look for something else. And for a couple of reasons, all right. It's not because I think that they're, they can't get better or something like that. Seven breaches, tons of other examples. But the big thing is, is that to it's a sell they're selling this as a service right so what am i paying you for right i'm paying you for access to all these different apps and all these devices convenience 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 and i'm also paying for just some security. level of security right security mm -hmm. and they're if they were the only ones in the game and they're like the de facto then it's like well it's just too hard to move but there are other options right that mm -hmm. have not had this level of issues, right? But you don't um, know, Ralph. That's one of the concerns that I have is you don't know what you're going to. Sure. Like if they're like, oh, well, LastPass, they're idiots. I don't know what kind of horrific implementation these other companies have. And sure. And I mean, like, you, well, it's not like think we... about your threat model, though, just because, I mean, you know, if exchange is getting hacked everywhere, you probably should look at not using exchange, right? Like, you should just consider it, right? Think about yeah. that threat model and whether it's worth moving to something else, right? Slothboy had a great, great point. We got a Slothboy's point, I think, is very valid for this, mm -hmm. like this this argument. Slothboy just put in the only thing you're trusting with them with is to get crypto right. <laughs> that is it. At least Microsoft is doing a billion things. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to mess up somewhere and i think yeah. that that valid is point. Really valid point go so go ahead sorry oh no right. is, it, is it my turn it. for you're, a hot take sorry i'm, I'm not going to by the way we're listening to ralph's up he te ralph teased a new upcoming webcast about how to set up bitwarden on self-hosted if, if that's your style but if that's your style so, I so stay tuned it. for stay tuned for that because i'm definitely going to be watching but um I think my so th I, I think in like my pen tester mindset, like when I'm writing a report, I ask myself the question, how mean do I want to be to this company? How like how do I do I want to be like you suck, you you need to fix your security, you need to do X, Y, or Z? Or am I more like, you know, well, you're you're doing a great job, but you just gotta really focus over here. How soft do I want this to hit? Um, I think and and when I when I think of that mindset, I think is is this thing that I found systemic? Or is it something that's easy to fix? And I think the way that we decide that a lot of times during red teams is based on how they run incident response. It's not, did we hack you? It's what did you do when you got breached? So for LastPass, I look at this breach and I look at how they responded. I look at, you know, if you read the between the lines, it basically, they got breached. Their data was used, the, the, the breach data was used to attack other employees successfully. And that's how this data leaked. So... In my opinion, that is, if I was writing this pen test report, I would say ineffective incident response because whatever data got breached, they didn't prevent it from being used against their employees or contractors or whoever. And to me, that is a systemic failure of incident response or whatever. And that when it becomes systemic, that's when you start running in the other direction. That's when I start throwing out my critical security rating and saying to clients like, 
you know, act now, the end is nigh, like you need to change or else <laughs> you're going to get, it's not whether you get hacked, it's how you respond. It's your, and to it's me, your Charlton Heston moment, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's my take is so, run in the other direction. I agree with the IR statement. I think that that's really good. I will state if BHIS had done a security audit of the way LastPass had done things, I can guarantee two things. Um, one, using AES electronic codebook mode would have been a higher critical in their overall in a password manager. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It would be a higher critical. I would, I would lean towards critical. Number one, number two, I guarantee you they would fight us on it. And one of the things that they would fight us on justifiably, and we, we can deal with this, right? We deal with this all the time is they would say, yeah, but you got customer data. You weren't able to actually crack and get into any customer data. Right. And that is like, if I had to guess, LastPass did have security audits. If LastPass is big as they are, I guarantee you they had security audits. I can also guarantee you they had network penetration tests as well. And I can also, I can't guarantee you, but I have a sneaky damn suspicion that a security testing firm at some point down the line had came across this and had told them this was a bad idea and not a damn thing got changed because they weren't able to actually sit down and crack and gain access to customer data. If none of those things are true, if they did not have a pen test, if they did not have a code audit, if they did not have that type of test and the test didn't find this vulnerability or the audit didn't find this vulnerability, then God help us all because we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg at this point. And by the way, still better to use LastPass than not, even if it sucks. It's still better to use LastPass oh, than not agreed. use Last. Like yeah. even yeah. even all yeah. that being said, it's still better than uh, passwords.xlsx. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just using the file. same password everywhere. Every we, we so is it file. safe to say that LastPass is turning into web of wireless? Yeah, you never know. You I don't think. No, I don't think this, this, no. this is their no, opportunity no, 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 no. to make those changes <laughs> and and you know become WPA three or whatever. But that you know that we'll see. So, I, oh, wow. I, so here's, oh, here's my biggest concern is the practicality of shifting out for an enterprise. It's so it's, easy. It's not it that hard. Export. Just delete the export. We Ralph has ha seen this. Delete the export because we saw one company that exported from one password manager and yeah. didn't delete the export and <laughs> oh, then no. imported and then we found the export and they were like, "You've got to be kidding me! My IT oh, department is the see, worst." There's the thing that I'm most concerned of is okay, we're switching over to this password manager over yes. here yes. and we switch and it's like then they get hacked and it's like, "Oh, okay, we're switching over there." It's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's not like we it's, have it's seen that recently where. It's, it's not like we've seen that recently where we transferred from one major platform to another and then found a bunch of security. Hey, Noah, you're coming through platform. real weak. If you can, uh, can you kick up your mic a little bit? I can. You've got this ASMR thing going on. Oh. I'm loving it. Hello, everybody. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I was just saying if we, if we, I am still working Ooh. on this, but there if we, we transfer we haven't seen this before where we transferred off one large platform to another large platform and then found a bunch of security vulnerabilities in that ever. And that's a joke because we see that all <laughs> the time. Sarcastic. Yeah. yeah. So I have, I have actually gone through the process of doing like a, a small transfer for like a personal, not, not like enterprise where you have like a lot of accounts. So not in groups and sharing and yeah. folders. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. 
So on the like the personal side, exporting and importing is pretty easy because all those platforms want you to move to their platform. So they'll make ingesting that mm -hmm. version of it very simple. And the export of that is a, um, a vault that's encrypted with the same password as the password you're using right now, right? So um, it's not that crazy, but moving bigger stuff, it can be more difficult. And, um, you know, that's when you got to pull out the manual and ask the next company, hey, what's up? And they're going to be like, hopefully say something on the lines of, yeah, we know. Well, you would think that 1Password and all these other password managers, they'd be re they'd be ready to do an import. Yeah. From one oh, yeah. You, you would yeah. think that they have that tool in, pl in, in place. Yeah, they, right? they, at some point, they're going to screw up. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, it's just yeah. like I said. And it, it's funny because I remember whenever these things first started kicking up years ago. My biggest concern was if I get your password, I have just stolen your credit card. You change your credit card. If I get access to your password manager, I have access to your wallet. Mm -hmm. And it's it almost feels like with LastPass, it's like the hackers got access to your wallet, your keys, your car. It, it's just like Forrest <laughs> Gump at that point. It's like they get access to so much that way as well. And maybe more. Like one password, yeah. like one password has sections for like personal information, like social security numbers, passport information. You can yeah. store files in there. You can put anything in that. So I mean, what was the things other than passwords? They're not Sorry. unique in that. Sublime Mud Time said, "Note to self: After examining the SOC three from GoTo, LastPass yeah. owners do not use Travora Business Solutions <laughs> okay. for doing your SOC." Oh, man. So oh, hold on. Yeah. So Sublime, they are. They 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 pulled that up. And I was actually going to comment on their previous comment about the, the SOC audit, because this is something uh -huh. that if you don't know this about SOC audits, and I know a lot of people here are preaching the choir, you buy and scope a SOC letter audit, right? So yep. like you go somewhere for a hosting provider and they say, oh, we have a SOC 2 or a SOC 3 or whatever it is. You need to review it because they, the person who buys it from the auditing company gets to set the standard. There's no requirement that you do a pen test. There's no requirement that they even look at the important things. They say... We want you to test these five controls that we absolutely know we will pass. And look, we have a sock letter. So, you know, I, I hesitate to throw an accounting or auditing firm under the bus for that. Because I would want to see how they, <laughs> they were might put in the audit. Hey, guys, you really did bad. <laughs> right. But well, we well, after you the, Ian, that gets into the thing. Like April yeah. 1st of this year, I want to create yeah. an InfoSec standard for accounting firms. Yeah, um, okay. we're going to do this because they created, you know, this whole entire information security, SOC 2, type 2, and all this stuff and all these things. And they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And it's very clearly watered down. It feels like the early days of PCI where it's like, well, how do we know? Was this company that was breached PCI compliant? No. How do you know? Because they were breached. What, what do you mean? If you're breached, it automatically means you're not compliant. Like what? Wait, what? How does that work? Um, so when we're looking at like these, these different auditing standards, you know, yeah, we can, we can rip on Travora, right? But honestly, I would probably rip on the standard far more uh, than Travora. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because so many of these standards are just hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah, for what it's worth, you, sublime on time, you could be absolutely right. They could suck. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, yeah, sorry. There's Go, also uh, the ROE. Down. What were the rules of engagement? What is it that they actually You don't see that, for? right? How many times have we been asked to hit, like John said, only these things that they know they're going to pass? And they don't want to go outside of this tiny little box. So no, is that representative of what their actual condition is? Absolutely not. But it's what the customer asked for. 
Sure. I'm trying to see if they list GoTo or LastPass as one of their customers. Because, boy, so, they really like putting their customers on their website. Uh-oh. Holy crap. They probably pulled LastPass. Yeah, yeah I they were on there a couple days ago. <laughs> I like Mono. Not higher that. education. Holy crap. How did, like, guys, uh, folks, here, I'm going to put this link in. So, by the way, 1Password actually publishes all their security audits, like, literally actual that oh might be a better way to go yeah just like pen tests they, yeah. they're literally just like pen test.pdf go ahead and see it on our website <laughs> but yeah i mean we'll have to dig into the data breach we'll, from and see if we can it, find. we'll be able to find their pen test report and we'll we'll publish it no, i'm just kidding yeah. But, <laughs> yeah but they i don't know how like how i, I we actually well, have somebody got breached we, could, we no, don't talk kidding. about our customers we don't talk about no. yeah so i just shared this Holy crap. It's Wait, like Del Taco, they're secure. Everyone oh my God. Tacos, everybody wants to steal them. All right. Hold on a second. We must Wait a secure minute. the strategic taco <laughs> supply chain. Go ahead, Bronwyn. Go ahead. All this means is that Nintendo something for those clients. I used to have Nestle as a client. Did I list them? Absolutely. What did I do? I optimized some web pages for them, but they were a client. <laughs> I was really able to count them as a client. I'm sorry, I see this. It doesn't tell me what they did for these right. organizations. Yeah. Well, the, I, the other thing that worries me about that is, is I, I mean, I my pedigree is, is multi-billion dollar Fortune 500 and up companies. And 99% of the time you hire a company like this, there's the boilerplate funds. language in it that says, you cannot use our say, logo, yep. period. So no, they're literally putting their customers' logos on their website. Yeah. Ian, what That's... you just do is you put in your uh, SOW, like a boilerplate, mm-hmm. we will use your logo on our website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they cancels each other out. It's like none of them existed. None mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, I, like one yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Like, Ryan, you're a client? of two things. Either yeah, they have they in their they contract. They and they're, they're, they're basically calling it out or they're about to be in trouble. Um, well, yeah, yeah th- this is probably just in their MSA. It just says like, "We'll put your logo on our website. Have fun." But yeah, yeah so I mean, I, I think the gold thing, the logo matters to these companies. Yeah. Like, oh, it does. It, like the way that this reads is, it's like these companies endorse this company, yep. and like you, you, you the companies so we work with, this. they have they have a filtering UI. Oh my god, that is beautiful. <laughs> Filter by logo? No, like filter thinking- our clients. And I'm thinking of when I was doing the social engineering CTF a few years ago, and this is a common tactic and be used by anybody that you go through and you search using, it used to be 10 now there's a bunch of others, but you go and search for that logo and anywhere you find it on a page that isn't the company's, start scouring that page because now you can say, oh, hey, I'm calling from Trevor and we were just following up on some audit results. And if you've got the right person, they go, oh, yeah, no, we did use Trevor for that. Now you get this additional mm-hmm. sense of trust. And that's what social engineers and what attackers use all that for, to see where those third-party relationships are. So, yeah, I'm starting mm-hmm. to lean more towards what Sublime said. Maybe these folks need to sit down and, and re- receive the good word of uh, well, OPSEC. How about this, Trevor? We, we strongly discourage you from doing this. I know from a marketing perspective, it feels rock solid, but <laughs> please stop. A marketing department to approve this. They approved yeah. it. They put all that effort into a filter, though. They can't get rid of it now. Yeah. yeah, it's too late. It's too late at this point. But no, I, I could totally see, like, 
I can almost guarantee you that there's companies on here that would not appreciate their logo being on another company's website. So Wispo just put in the, the, the other part of the logo piece. I have seen that as well. So discounts for putting your logo on the website, that absolutely happens. And yeah. what, you're, what, you're, what, you're, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is what's called a reference client. And, but the people generally know they're like, can we use you as a reference client? And can we use you on our, it's our very website? very clearly defined. Very yeah. clear. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. Well, so we got we just snitch there. now. Just start sure, emailing like, like Hulu into it, whatever. Be like, Hey, come check out this page. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do maybe. I don't know. Other than LastPass. Yes. yes. No, please. no, it's the last pass <laughs> yeah, show. Let's talk last... about Elon. It's the new app. Oh, oh no. Please, more last What do we want to yeah. talk about, Elon? I would rather talk. No, can we I'm talk about Southwest Airlines? Oh, oh, sorry actually yes. I, I won't i won't be able to talk about that until my baggage shows up a week from now yeah yeah it's got his computer in it that's why yeah so, okay so so Corey's gonna set this one out um i think <laughs> that this is going to be a classic study for years to come of just how bad of an impact tech debt can have because coming from the outside in it appears that they kept on delaying updating their systems kept on delaying updating their infrastructure and like the like worst case scenario happened and they're screwed. Um, from what I heard, the system was tracking where pilots and like staff should be. And as soon as it got to the point where it didn't know where anybody was, the system was next to worthless as far as scheduling uh, pilots and stewardess and stewardesses, uh, stewards and stewardesses on the planes. And the whole entire system just like came down around their ears. Um so this isn't necessarily a uh, this isn't necessarily a security issue per se. Like they got hacked, but I I can like once again like you're watching this stuff from the outside looking in. You're like, oh, I'm willing to bet that they're running some software packages that are like a decade plus old. Um, yeah. And I know that that's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Especially for well, the we, we can industry. set the CVSS score to ten because the availability was impacted. Isn't that part of the CIA model? I mean, I think it's in there, right? Yeah, um, I think it is. So, uh, so actually, uh, my stepdad flies for United. He's a captain on, um, I don't know which plane it is, uh, but he, um, he, he you, get, you get rated on different size planes, right? But he flies like usually like internationals, the biggest stuff. Anyways, I was talking to him yesterday about this and um, kind of like the whole thing and, you know, um, from the IT side, right? Like, obviously, the scheduling is a big issue. But um, also, for uh, those who don't know, Southwest uh, used to fly like point to point, so they'd fly the nonstop flights to kind of like fill the gaps. Um, you know that uh, major airlines wouldn't do, so that you don't have to go through a hub. You could just fly directly from you know wherever you live to that one city you're trying to go to, right? You don't have to make a layover. Um, but uh, after COVID, they changed a bit of that, so now they're kind of flying from one city to the next city to the next one, right? Like in this order. And they did that before. Yeah, they did that before COVID, but um, they were doing it a lot more. And the problem is, is when the systems went down and they they didn't know where the pilots were, they didn't know where anyone was, and they're all over the country. And if there's any delays, it even made it worse. And so it just, it all crumbled up. So, yeah. And from everything that I've read, it does seem to me that it is because of legacy systems. Like they haven't been updating and haven't been moving their systems up. Um, yeah. as, There's some Pearl that programmer that they yeah. called this week and he got to like <laughs> say a seven figure number in, in response right. to like, how much will it cost for you to come back on the payroll? And he was like, you know what? 
If I'm going to write Pearl again, I said it'd be a hundred grand. So it's a hundred grand. That is, that is a funny joke because you know, it's true. You, you know, know it's it had true. To it that dude had to show up and like bust his butt. And like, honestly, to fix this whole thing, like to actually for them to upgrade, it's going to take years. Right. Oh, yeah. For the whole process. Yeah. Pearl do, do you want my spiciest take on this? Oh, yeah, no, the Carolina Reaper take on this one. <laughs> no, Bron, Bron went first. Bron went, what was no, yours? And then I'll, I'll give you the my spiciest thing. Cobalt. Oh. <laughs> Probably Cobalt. I think the original Saber was written in Cobalt. Yeah. Probably yeah. Cobalt. So that was a um, spicy take. Ian, what's so your what's My your spiciest spice? take the biggest threat to information security, and it happened at Southwest, is, is MBAs, Masters of Business. Yeah. So basically what I've read so they far is that the previous, the original CEO, the founder of Southwest was very people oriented. He was always on the ground. He knew he would go in, he would find out, you know, baggage handlers, this, that, how do all the processes in my company work? So he was very reticent to go through and, and scrap things that customers liked, you know, or to do things that would impact those employees, such as the pilots and whatnot. Now they left and the person who was hired in, not the current CEO who's trying to fix things, like every quote you hear from Southwest folks are, the CEO that we have now is great, they just inherited this problem. And that CEO is operating more like the original. The one in between was a bunch of MBAs and they came in trying to figure out, well, this still works, well, this still works, how do we maximize profit, how do we maximize profit? And as soon as you go through and you focus on nothing but maximizing profit and not your customer, you develop tech debt like this that gets you the kinds of but, Department of Transportation investigation. So, but that also is like, what are you judged on, right? Sure. And if you're looking at a lot of those CEOs, they're judged on increase the bottom line, increase profits, increase share price. That's what they're judged on. And anything that doesn't directly contribute to that and what sucks about the stock market, and by the way, I, I think the entire stock market should be abolished, um, which, is a whole nother, which is a whole other conversation that we can get into at a later time. Um, but it, as Bill just said, it's all short term. Yeah. Like, what are you doing for your quarterly earnings? So if you're like, well, we're sinking in millions of dollars to upgrade our infrastructure, and we're not going to realize that return on investment for seven years. If you're the CFO, CEO, CTO, COO of that company, you're like, yeah, F that noise. Nope. I want to make as much bank as I can on what I'm being like judged on. And then I'm going to get the hell out and keep moving. And hopefully I'm not the one left holding the bag. Mm. So can we talk about this is what happens. Someone had the idea to just reboot an entire company. That's not a thing. <laughs> Whoever what thinks happened? that's a thing, that's not a thing. Like it, like basically, you know, if you read like the debriefs of the, they, they were like, we're going to initiate a reset of all of our flights, basically. You can't do that. You can't reboot an airline. Like, you can't reboot an airline. So, Whoever needs to hear this, I don't know who you are who needs to hear this. You can reboot, like, a single system. You cannot reboot a whole airline, oh, okay? Corey, you're here like a speed ass show. No, 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 no. I saw a movie. I know what we have to do. We have to so, on and on, off and on again. Cut the hard lines. Like, what? This isn't a line. thing. What? So, where? When, when the, when the uh, transportation department did get involved, right? They were like, mm -hmm. Where are all the pilots? They're like, we don't know. They're like, well, <laughs> do you know when they last flew? They're like, we don't know. They're like, we rebooted. We're going to ground everybody for 24 hours because they can't fly more than X amount of hours, right? And so that's what they stopped, held, held stop. Everybody, every plane was on the ground for that mandatory time so that they could reset 
all of the times because they didn't know who had been flying and what how many hours they had left that they could um, continue. What to fly. a train wreck! Yep. That what is a amazing. Wreck. A plane wreck it makes total sense. A plane wreck. Yeah. Sorry if you got stuck. I got lucky and didn't get stuck. I I was traveling for the holidays and I saw like mountains of bags just in every airport I went into. I was like, whose bags are these? There's just (laughs) mountains of bags. It was so depressing. (laughs) And I keep telling people all the time. And if you if you've listened to me on this show for any period of time, always, always travel with carry on. Never Mm -hmm. check unless you absolutely have to. And if you have something you have to check, you're better to ship it via FedEx or UPS the week before you get there. But if you're like, well, I don't know. Do I need this bag of clothes? And I need this. I'm going to bring three outfits and one swimsuit. I'm going to the- No, no. One bag, like one backpack. Go get like a 35 to 40 liter backpack that fits in the overhead on a Canada Regional Jet 300. And oh, that's what you travel with. It's said than done when you're traveling with multiple laptops, John. Mm. Okay, I, alternate plan. Bronwyn, Put yourself Bronwyn, in the luggage. I agree. I because agree, the luggage made it. Yeah, but that's where I was using Fed. I've done that. I've been there. Like, I've traveled more with laptops than just about anybody on the planet. Um, we always, always ship them FedEx, UPS, because the tracking with FedEx and UPS is light years better than United and American and Delta. Yeah. It's like, where's the check mm. bank ahead? Last we saw it, it was in Houston. I didn't fly through Houston. <laughs> we know. We're looking into it. Could you do me a favor? Could you fill out a form and ex- like describe what your bag looks like? It's a black roly blag. Perfect. We're going to send someone to go look for it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> One thing I will say about laptops is uh, you can go with a lot less laptops nowadays due to VDI. So. Right. That's kind of what I'm yeah, just doing. don't even have okay. a, don't even travel with a laptop. Just buy oh, a new laptop oh. when you get there. Yeah, yeah, and no, return no, it. Just keep the receipt. I heard a buzzword. Only on company devices. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's that you know that works <laughs> until you're running a CTF for 150 people and you have to take gear with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> trust me, uh, lots of experience in this area. Lots of experience. Um. But no, it, it's just, yeah, don't, don't check bags. Just don't. It's just bad. You don't want to do it unless it's something you don't care about. So <laughs> All right. said, Kimberly can fix it, said, my mom travels the world and brings one small carry-on, but she's retired and she doesn't have a laptop computer. Perfect. <laughs> that's, the sto- awesome. that's the moral yeah, of the story is don't, don't have a computer. computer. Just retire. Just retire. retire. That's that. right. So. Yeah. All right. Do we have? Do we want to talk about the McGraw Hill S S three buckets with student grades? Oh man, I do. Oh. Oh God. I, this S three bucket thing. I don't even know how this happens in this day and age. Because like Amazon, like as soon as somebody creates an open S three bucket, I like get emails. The account gets locked out. You log in. There's a huge <laughs> warning. I get text message. Like the last time I set it up for a lab in one of my classes, I had Jeff Bezos showed up at my front door, mm-hmm. which is really disconcerting. Um, I, so how the hell does this happen? He wear his cowboy hat? Yeah. yeah. Well, we could, we were hanging out with cowboy <laughs> hat. You know? so. I, yeah. How this happens is I, I, they get an F, <laughs> they get an F for security. That's the, that's they the subtitle. It's pretty funny. You actually wonder how this happens. It's someone important says, I cannot access this from my smartphone. And IT says, yeah. oh, that's because we don't have permissions for that. I'm like, cool. Just make it so everyone can access that. This is probably, you're like, no, what, so, what's the problem with that? 
when you set up a S3 bucket though, you you it it, it defaults to private, right? So yep. they had to manually now, set but that. dude, this was probably set up like ten years ago. Now, if you log in and you have an open S3 bucket, it is a It'll warning let you know. Yeah. As soon mm-hmm. and every time you log in, it pops up. There's some. I would guess this is like a message go away. I, well, I, I got to assume this is like this as far back as 2015. So it's like, yeah, old. this is, yeah. this is like someone, some engineer was like, we're going to try out this new thing called S3. It's object oriented storage. It's really cool. And you can, and it's all programmatic. No one ever logs in because it's just like no some account. Where it is. Like someone pays the bill that doesn't even work at the company. You know how it goes. Maybe oh, they forgot then, about it. They were just sending data and they're like, oh, we still have that. Whoops. The app still oh, yeah, works. It still that's, works. That's, I think that, I think you just nailed it. I think that there's developers that are using this and they don't know what the hell it is. So, and it's on a different account. No one ever logs into another thing. <laughs> another thing to like, think about with S3 buckets. Right. And I've seen this on engagements mm-hmm. is that some companies are like, you know, I want it to be public because I want someone to just be able to visit it. Right. So what I'll do is I'll make GUIDs. Right. So it's just random enough that nobody will see them, but they'll leave something like the uh, file listing available. So they just go to the top level and they just list all the GUIDs and they start clicking on stuff. Right. Um, so they'll try GUIDs to hide the data. And I've seen this, right. Where it's like, you know, a double GUID, um, and that file is a PDF of, you know, your bank statement or whatever. Right. And it technically mm-hmm. is an open bucket because, um, you can read it, but the, the recommendation though is to actually add signing uh s3 protocol supports signing and you can actually sign urls for very limited amounts of time and you have to have the signature to view that url right um so that's probably um another thing you see commonly done so but here's the best part of this breach no one cares about your grades so you're good no one like- <laughs> ah, wait 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 because that's what i wanted to talk about oh, there is the one group that very much cares about it, and that is the federal government. Oh, and that is FERPA, yeah. and that's mentioned in the article. Oh, so yeah. right. I, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I used to work in technical support for colleges and universities, and I'm there sorry. is no... No, right? Um, I, you did your I, the, time. Uh, you did your time. I did, I did. <laughs> um, and uh, essentially, we would teach all the help desk technicians about FERPA and warn them about it. And if you ever wanted to get an administrator's attention, all you had to be is like, hey, I think we might have a major FERPA violation here. And they would go blank just staring at it. See, Mm -hmm. I've worked at universities too. And like what they consider to be a FERPA violation Mm -hmm. and what this is are like, yeah, it's like there's a firecracker (laughs) and a nuke. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm curious to see what plays out because it's across several universities large prestigious universities it's a company that's got deep pockets that they can prove a point against and here's why those universities are scared because you might go oh what do the fines look like oh they don't care about the fines the fines are nothing the maximum is 1.5 million mcgraw he'll be like all right why do we even do security the (laughs) real reason (laughs) is the department of education can cut off your ability to get paid mm-hmm. on federal student loans. Uh-oh, that's oh, the big money. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, here we go. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And I, Here's the question, though. Is it McGraw-Hill that's going to be held responsible, or is it the universities? Because McGraw-Hill university. is a provider. University, university. Yeah. But McGraw-Hill is the provider. So, no, the but the person that's going to, the people that are going to take the problem with, with the government are going to be the university because they ended university. up using the service. Yeah. So it yeah. flows to there. So, I mean, it was so much data. The relationship isn't between McGraw-Hill and the government. I mean, I agree with you, Pranav. It's a great question to ask. But 
just like when you take out any software as a service or even going back to PCI, which is maybe a little better understood standard, you have yeah. a PCI breach and you say, no, 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 but we, we send it over here. Any QSA will tell you, you can never no. offload your liability. It's always yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to be an email administrator for a university. So, yeah. Oh, no. sorry. You got <laughs> Exchange. Group wise, oh. Novell group wise. Group is like, I've been to war. It wasn't that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Novell group wise. It just, keeps, it just keeps going with you, doesn't it? <laughs> I've yeah. stared into the hell mouth. Yeah. yeah. I do ones. have one more. I do have one more article I want to get to in the last nine minutes. I really, really want to talk about <laughs> the Octa breach again. I, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about LastPass, but I, you know what? This Octa one probably scares me more from a hot nation state on nation state actor perspective. Ooh, they um, got the sweet Git repo. GitHub. Yeah, they got the Git. And this, uh-huh. this is like the second time. It's almost like they got hacked and like, wait a minute. Did we get that data? No. This we'll go hack all, them again. This all comes down to <laughs> secret management, though. Think about it like that. So, um, The what management? Secrets oh, management. Oh, secret yeah. Management. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The developers are like, oh, they stole that crappy code? No big deal. Uh, we, well, we they, totally... they even mention that in the article. They yeah. say like their their, their response is, "Hey, we don't really care because our code, <laughs> our security isn't dependent on our code." Now, yes, that right. might be your ideal, but it, <laughs> is it the reality? <laughs> well, ask Microsoft how that's worked out ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of similar to LastPass, though. Honest. Let's be honest. Microsoft is probably the best company for a secure um, software development lifecycle in the world at that size. Like yeah. hands down. Yeah, and if you look at the, the productive output of what they do, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. you're but looking they at they relied on the obscurity and they I, still I, get I, hit. I, I totally have been on the other side of these breaches, and they're like, "How are we going to spin this?" And it's like, just say our security isn't reliant on our source code. That'll get them. Uh, of course, your security is freaking relying on your source code. It's relying on a number of different things. That's just one of them. If it wasn't, um, then why Oct- isn't it open source? Yeah, then there you go. <laughs> oh, right. That that is Facts. the perfect comeback for this. Like, yeah. Then open source it. Just release it. All public. Open source. Well, it's like when I teach my cryptography, or when I did teach my cryptography class, I always almost start immediately with with the Kirchhoff's principle, right? That you mm-hmm. can know the algorithm, you can know how the algorithm's generated, you can know the ciphertext, but as long as you don't know the key, it's considered secure. And I think of that kind of thing when we think about mm-hmm. source code. Like if, it, if there's no secrets in there, if there's no one that arguably it should it should be secure. But the problem of transferring that to the source code statement is that source code still gives the attacker hints as to other things they can try. Right. Just because the and math I, I works. The corollary is Bruce Snyder's statement, yeah. right? You know, Bruce was asked at an RSA conference as a joke, you know, the kind of Chuck Norris type joke. Was there ever a cipher that you were not able to hack? And of course, Bruce Schneier being humorless when he decides to be humorless (laughs) said, look, you never attack crypto directly, even bad crypto. You never attack it directly. You always attack the implementation. And, you know, you can talk about AES, right? Oh, we use AES. Well, how did you implement it? That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're talking, well, even if you're using, you know, electronic codebook mode, well, how are your keys generated? Are they generated on a per customer basis? Are using one key for like all of this crap matters, and it's all there in the source code. Um, so I love Ralph's comment. Anytime anyone's saying, well, our security isn't dependent on our source code, it's like great, open source it. 
open up that GitHub repository so everyone can gain access. <laughs> you are being open source. Please like, do not resist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot like last class. If you had nothing to hide, you wouldn't be fighting this. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's true. bad I mean, security hygiene is... I don't know if it's any time that kind of like with LastPass, when you're getting breached multiple times, it just makes me concerned and want to look at a different vendor because it, yeah. if it's once or twice, I mean, whatever, that's security's hard. You're not going to get it right. And sometimes that, you know, the attacker has way more funding than you do if it's a nation state thing. Um, yeah. But it, once it starts happening continually, there's some like systemic issues in that company that are resulting in these, mm -hmm. these poor choices. But, and I'll, I'm going to come to their defense a little bit. A lot of these breaches have happened very quickly, and you do not mm. turn around a security program right. that fast. That is true. Um, and I call a lot of stuff in the water to my like, students. We're still hearing the stuff <laughs> from the August breach, right? Like yeah. it's like it was bad. It was the it's actually worse. Okay, it was really bad, and that's <laughs> that's part of the problem too. Because I think it goes back to their IR process is broken, and if you're looking at everything, that's probably the most critical thing on this. And also being a password management company, they're a JC target. And if you're a yeah. JC target, you one you job. it over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, so te technically they're identity access management. So they're not actually they, like, they're holding some secrets, right? Like it's a whole, it, yeah, but they own both off zero <laughs> and the Okta identity platform. Right. So it's like, I mean, Oof. it's just, it's all JWT. That's all it is. Just a, a bunch of tokens. So now we can finally get really good fishlets for Okta because writing yes. fishlets for this before <laughs> was difficult. just so well, annoying. We've been using those, but we've been using the Okta phishing attack for a while. Oh, I yeah. Have I think for it's years. been like four years now. It's just annoying. It's just annoying no, to do. Now we have the source code. They check. They're like, yeah, oh, it's annoying. You know, it'll be much yeah. easier now. We just got to get our hands on the source code as after yeah. it's unwillingly yeah. open sourced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping no one from from Okta calls. I, I, I'm just waiting. Oh, if we already have people that are listening to the show, and they're like, "You ripped on my article. I'd like to come on the show and defend it." I, this show, I'm willing to bet that there might be some companies that want to come in. <laughs> if, and we literally <laughs> spent 30 minutes on LastPass, so that would be the first call that I think we might hear. I don't think LastPass is going anywhere. Like, it's, no, last, LastPass isn't going to call us. They, they don't. If, if they, they come enough. on the show, if, if we get somebody from LastPass to come on the show, we're literally going to say. We strongly recommend that you do not be on the show. In fact, <laughs> I'm just going to you off the show because I am not your attorney and I care more about you than your attorney does. So, have you talked to your PR department? Like anyone, just talk to anyone. Just ask a yeah. friend. It'll anyone. just be a roast. Did, did, so, you, did you talk to anyone be... about this? What's that? Nothing. Never mind. Ralph yeah. said it anyhow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, folks, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, I'm excited to be done with my vacation. I'm at the point where I need a vacation for my vacation. So. Oh, vacation. Oh, my. vacation. We hadn't done the news all year, so it's about time. Yeah, yeah so seriously. Time. Right. Happy new year, everybody. You as well.